As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be tossed into the forgotten void of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of human history. My name is Steve, and with me is a man who's destroying the time stream. It's... Uh, it is Yahel. Hi, Steve. How, uh, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. Uh, or wait, should I say, do it excellent, dude? No one. Um, please, there's no need to do that. I am. Why not? Uh, oh, oh, it's it's just not necessary. I, I notice I'm way off center, but I fixed it myself, Steve. I was I, about to fix just it. My cam- no, it was my fault because I had moved the camera mm-hmm. earlier. So, yeah, uh, yeah. While you were gone, Steve. I'm a... uh, while you were getting your, your alcoholic beverage. Shh. It's our little secret. Uh, mm-hmm. don't, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Only... I didn't mark it down as a demerit this time, but uh, next time you, oh, thank you. you watch it. Very, out. very kind and generous of you, Steve. Have you thought about becoming a manager at uh, Nail World? <laughs> at this level of... Uh... Well, uh, something that I'd rather people not know is that I did briefly work at uh, Home Depot, and I'm sure it was just as bad as working oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Nail World. Yeah. I thought it was so funny because uh, Nail World at first, uh, well, actually in this episode, I, 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 as I was telling you just before we started, I accidentally watched two episodes mm-hmm. of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I watched uh, an episode called Nailin something. It's it's like the actual first episode, not the pilot. Oh, I watched a little uh, bit of that. Yeah. Well, I watched the whole thing like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I went back and I watched, you know, the pilot. Direction. I'm sorry. Were my instructions not clear enough? Well, Steve, the sad thing is I'm the one that sent you the link. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I found it. Oh, can I just say that your uh, cinematography is looking very um, drive today. Very Nicholas Winding Riffin, dare I say. I'm just not used to seeing all that red back there. Is Satan back there? Or is Satan? Hello, Uh, Satan. (laughs) <laughs> well you know i uh, i thought it looked a little too blue mm-hmm. so i just wanted to uh mix it up a little bit make, make it look like a like a netflix film since no matter the genre there's always like neonish lighting uh at some just point just a quick aside yeah um nicholas winning riffin the director of drive his uh latest i don't know what even what you want to call it these days. opus joints yeah joint his latest uh, joint appeared on uh Netflix, uh, and it's called The Copenhagen Cowboy. And uh, I love that guy, and he's like one of my favorite directors ever since Drive. But man, that show absolutely sucks, but it has some amazing cinematography. Um, but all right, we, we just got that going for yeah. it. But yeah, I, I thought Nail World was like Batteries Plus. Right. Uh, where they only like sell batteries. Right. Uh, it would have been funnier if they only sold nails. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I thought it was, and I was so disappointed later when, uh, you know, it's obvious that they sell tools and other stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, that's great. Although I did like, um, and I guess this is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, when we see Nail World, that there's like a globe 
um, you know, like a globe you would spin, and they just stuck nails all over it, like <laughs> pinhead style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Like so literal, nail world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't think we've mentioned the title uh, in case uh, someone doesn't have the ability to read a, a thumbnail or a podcast title. Uh, we are discussing Bill and Ted's excellent, ex- wow, excellent. Wow. Have you read, can you read a thumbnail, Steve? <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. That's right, plural. What's in that drink? Uh, it's actually a margarita. <laughs> um, I'm getting uh, festive. I-, I thought I'd celebrate your people, buddy. <laughs> uh, oh, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not Mexican. I get it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. So, yes, this is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, a uh, TV show for Bill and Ted from the feature films that... I never knew existed, so we might as well jump right into it. Have you uh, ever even heard of this show? Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we found out about it when we were talking about Eek the Cat, because a lot of people behind the scenes that worked on this worked on Eek the Cat. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, the other Savage Steve. uh, (laughs) Right. You worked on this, but... um, <laughs> Why would you do a woofing sound for the creator of Eek the Cat? I'm very. Oh, uh, that's the Savage Steed. Uh, it's like a Tim Allen kind of. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see. <laughs> it's where Tim Allen stole it from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think maybe somebody mentioned it, and I thought I hadn't watched this, or I, excuse me, I thought I had never heard of it. And then when I started watching it, I was like, oh, no, I have at the very least I must have seen commercials or maybe even bits of it because I did remember like the actors and like their, you know, I don't want to say impressions and performances of like the Bill and Ted characters. Mm -hmm. Well, then you definitely have more history with it than myself. Uh, How about what's your history? Steve, wouldn't any history be more? I mean, the bar here is is almost as, as low as their attempt to make uh rufus look like george carlin <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i suppose so and bless i mean it was only uh eight episodes um but uh what's your what's your history with the bill and ted uh franchise do you like the movies uh did you see them in the the theater yeah yeah i remember seeing the movies in the in the theater because mm-hmm. as we've mentioned before you and i are uh knocking on death's door <laughs> Um, <laughs> damn, wow. maybe you are, but, but um, I, I'm feeling great. I'm just for the record. I'm feeling no, great. No, no, you have a kid. You're aging like three times faster. <laughs> it's, sure. it's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I saw it in theaters. I really liked them. And I, I haven't seen the movies like in a really long time, mm. but I remember enjoying them both and l- thinking the second one with death was even better than the first, mm-hmm. like way better. But I may be, you know, misremembering Cause you that. were going through a God yeah, phase at the time. I'm still going through a golf face. Have you seen this? Uh, Have you seen the girls that he's been taking home? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, have you seen my Ouija uh, coffee? Oh, right here, wow. Sir? That's cool. And wow. I, here I was joking. I didn't realize you were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've been... and, I, and I think the last couple of weeks I've been using my cauldron coffee mug. It's basically it's a cauldron with a, with a handle. Oh, uh, so now you're going. So basically. You're the dude from um, the uh, Halloween mega tape, right? The guy who thinks he's a vampire. I'm, I'm, I'm the old guy at the castle going, hey, fellow goth kids. Uh, <laughs> You're walking <laughs> the around. The castle, for those that don't know, is a 
the goth club in, in the Ybor City. It's actually a pretty good club, even if you're not into the goth scene. It, it used to have a guy in it called the Senator who walked around in assless chaps, and I believe you took his place? Is that is that correct? Uh, no, Steve. He did not walk around in assless chaps. He walked around in a teddy, like lingerie, usually a teddy, uh, with see-through bottoms. I mean, and all right, would, yeah, maybe that Steve, was it. I have pictures with him. I've recently seen I, pictures with him because I, I also recently found out he is not dead, as uh, so many of us expected. He is alive and, well, I don't know, but he doesn't go to the castle anymore. Oh. He's actually been replaced by a guy that wears, like, 1940s, like, army gear with, like, a helmet and everything. Now, let me ask you this. I remember during my very small window of time attending the castle, there used to be a guy there dressed as, well, I mean, I guess it's uh, apropos for the episode, uh, Keanu Reeves from The Matrix. Does he still show up? Oh, um, I don't know. And the way he I... would dance is like dodging bullets and stuff. It was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, I know the guy you're specifically talking mm. about. I can't remember seeing him the last few Old times. Neo I've been there, Joe, but... they called him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, there's always guys dressed like that, mm. you know. Still? So, wow. I mean, you know, he may not be the, but his legacy isn't dead. Unlike, hopefully, the uh, Matrix uh, franchise. Oh, did you see dead, that but... fourth one? I know we'll never review it, mm. but... Uh... I didn't see it, but I, I watched, uh, like, behind the scene, like a, a VFX kind of behind-the-scenes reel on it, mm. and that was enough for me to not watch it. Uh, I was like, ooh, this looks terrible. I mean, even after I watched the Red Letter Media review, I actually, they liked it because it was so, like, ironically bad, but then when I watched it, I just felt like I was wasting, like, two to three hours of my life. Um, yeah, and as we've established, you're knocking on dead store, aging rapidly. You can't be wasted. I've got podcasts to record. I mean, you know, we're it's, taking over the world here. And we yeah, got to do it. Instead, you're wasting it watching uh, the pilot episode of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. That uh, much like us still being. Wait, no, that's a terrible. I was trying to sort of combine the fact that the pilot episode has no real ending to the fact that we're still alive and kicking. Um, does that work in any way? Right, this is getting morbid. But, <laughs> hey, uh, you're the one who keeps mentioning it. It, it, it kind of works in a way. Old goth, but, uh, gothy yeah, I mean, hell watched, over here. <laughs> but look, back to Bill and Ted's. I never watched the cartoon. Did you watch the, the cartoon? Actually, I think that was probably the first Bill and Ted media that I ever experienced. Really? I remember it being okay. on... Um, on a Saturday morning cartoons, and I uh, didn't really like get it then. And then I think I watched, uh, I think I might have watched the second movie first. Um, and uh, I never really thought it was like funny. I mean, I didn't really like hate it, but I didn't get why everybody else uh, liked it. And, uh, but I have a question for you like, when was the first time you ever heard that sort of like, surfer kind of accent that they do like any character in any media or maybe a real person in real life when was the first time you ever heard someone who's like oh what's up dude radical dude oh, man i i really don't know uh i well i'll tell you mine maybe I'm pretty sure michelangelo was the first one i heard <laughs> i was just gonna say maybe the teenage mutant ninja turtles oh, okay uh is 
the first time I can like clearly remember it, but I, I feel like it was already like a thing mm-hmm. before then mm-hmm. because, um, you know, before TMNT had come out, I, I hopefully I'm getting my timeline right here. Like California games, like the NES game oh, had come out yeah, yeah. and already at that time, like that whole California, like surfer culture, skater culture and the mm-hmm. way they supposedly talked was already kind of pretty much alive and well. So, um, I will say that there, there's a game genie commercial. Oh, I know where, it well. <laughs> yeah, there's a Game Genie commercial with two kids talking about the Game Genie, and they're totally doing, listen to me using the word totally, <laughs> they're doing a uh, Bill and Ted's like rip off the whole time talking about the Game Genie. It's it's a pretty fun time capsule, uh, but even then it was lame. But did you ever like think like that that was cool, though, the whole, whoa, dude, totally. I mean, as like a six-year-old, I thought Michelangelo was cool. Like, he was my favorite for a while because, you know, he liked pizza the most. And uh, But uh, I know I never really thought it was cool. I don't even think I really understood it. I was just like, you know, I was, as like a six- or seven-year-old, I was living in South Carolina, and I'm like, why, why doesn't anyone around here talk like that? Huh. Hmm, weird. Um, <laughs> Why isn't anyone around here cool? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a few years older than you, and even when I was in school, you know, with, like, older kids, like, nobody would re- – funny enough, kids in school only kind of said it, like, ironically, mm-hmm. now that I think about it, you know? Um, like, maybe they might sarcastically say something's radical. <laughs> but do you recall any kid, like, in the late 80s, early 90s saying, radical, like – earnestly um maybe i mean i would say a radical here and there maybe but like just that whole tone but no no no. but I, I don't mean like saying radical like like like, like the whole radical like, like you know like the whole surfer california oh, accent no I no guess. you mean like being a giant poser or whatever nah 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 yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I, yeah even like the skater kids and stuff at school didn't talk like they might say something was rad mm-hmm. uh they were, but it was more likely to hear somebody say like something was bad when it was cool mm-hmm. that was like right right i gotcha Wow, this is we've really sidetracked. No, here. I don't uh, think so because all right, we all right, we watched the pilot and it's super short. So I mean, we're just <laughs> I wouldn't say we're filling time, but this is relevant, and that's why I asked it. Um, but uh, <laughs> okay, okay, I didn't realize you were right. taking this as, as an as an assault on your. Question. Yeah, how dare you? This is quality content here, um, and sure. uh, wow, I'm surprised no one's joined us. But uh, whatever. Um, did you? All right, last questions about the Bill and Ted franchise, and then we'll get into the um, the TV show here. Did you watch the new movie? Um, I did not, but I've heard it was good. However, the people I heard it was good from, well, the, the one person who I know loved it to death, and I love him to death, but it also made me think this is probably not that good, mm-hmm. was our mutual friend, one Michael Labasca. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Johnny Armani. He t- I, I, he told me he watched it like twice. What? So, oh wow. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh... But uh, but I mean a few other people like in our group chat. I mean you know them actually mm. like uh, T Bone Funk. <laughs> wow. Uh, Tommy Tanjovi over in a group chat with them. They all liked it. But uh, I I haven't watched. Yeah. It. Maybe I mean once. those guys. I would say probably have a uh, low standards when it comes to cinema. I'm sure they're not listening. So, uh, but uh, hey, I miss you guys, and uh, maybe one day I'll be invited to the group chat. But probably not. <laughs> uh, so, are you ready to discuss Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures? Uh, let's do it. All right, here we go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Welcome to your feature presentation. Alrighty. So, um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures lasted for about eight episodes. Uh, the premiere date, I, I guess it was the premiere date for the second episode because the episode we're reviewing which is the unaired pilot was never aired so how can you have a premiere date anyway june 28th 1992 which for anyone who's keeping track it is right after bill and ted's bogus journey uh in the uh the franchise if you will uh and so a synopsis for anyone who might not know who or what bill and ted is about is the time-traveling misadventures of two seemingly dumb teen metalheads destined to save the world with their music. And as I said, we're watching the unaired pilot, and here is the synopsis for that. Bill and Ted are forced to get jobs at a local hardware store, Nail World, to buy a new amp. But they insult the store's manager's daughter and must go back in time to fix this inadvertently giving life to a noir comic book femme fatale. Uh, and uh, the creator slash executive producer of this show is uh, one uh, Clifton Campbell, and I believe we discussed him on, previously on our Sequest episode. He is also the executive producer on Profiler and a wise guy. Uh, and uh, this was uh, directed by Andy Tennant, and this is one that I think we should cover. Get ready to add it to the list. Well, after we're done, because I never knew this existed. The Ferris Bueller TV show. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. You knew about yeah. that? Oh, wow. I'm, yeah, I knew about I'm it. So I, I never watched of it, it because uh, I think Ferris Bueller, the movie, is kind of shit. What? And one of the most overrated pieces of cinema. Oh, my God. Um, Stop the podcast. I think it is terrible. Wow, it's uh, It's funny. boring. It's there it's would be funny. there would be no Saved by the Bell without Ferris Bueller. I'd be fine with that if that meant no Ferris Bueller. Oh like, wow! Uh, this is Mr. Zach Morris over here. I thought you like were collecting locks of uh, Mark Paul Gosler's they, whoa, hair. Uh, Ferris Bueller is nothing like Zach Morris. Yes, he is. He's a guy who the no. world works no. completely for him, and no, no, he no, gets no. away with everything uh, just like Zach does. No, no, no. no. Fair as Zach Morris is actually interesting and charismatic. <laughs> you only like uh, him maybe because he's a sexual predator like you are. <laughs> <laughs> See, I hate this question because if I say that's not why I like him, it sounds like I'm saying, yeah, we're sexual predators. <laughs> but that's not the reason why I like him. <laughs> all right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, anyone listening or watching this, uh, let us know. Is Ferris Bueller trash? Uh, how does it compare to Saved by the Bell for you? Uh, we want to know. This is a question for the ages, but all right. More importantly, let people know I'm not a sexual predator because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I will add uh, Ferris Bueller's uh, TV show to the list. However, I'm already giving it a uh, throw it away. Wow. Spoiler uh, alert. Okay. It, it's got to work its way up. It's starting at a throw away, but I'll, I'll give it a chance to work its way all up. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, another show he directed was, uh, we already covered it, Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. And another one that we always talk about, but I don't know is on the list, uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. And one that I know is definitely on the list is Sliders. And uh, moving on to the writer's 
Parker Lewis can't lose. That was another one that was kind of like a Ferris Bueller yep. type. Saved of... by the Bellish. Yeah, I vaguely remember that one. Yeah. And uh, so moving on to the writers, we have uh, the aforementioned Savage Steve Holland, as uh, and as talked about on the Eek the Cat episode. He was the executive producer, creator of and writer of Eek the Cat, uh, the movies One Crazy Summer and uh, Better Off Dead. And he had a co-writer in the name of uh, Darren Starr. And this was an, I didn't know, he wrote this movie. Let me know if you've ever seen it or heard of it. Uh, if Looks Could Kill with Richard Grieco, I think is it's Yep. Yeah. You've seen yep. it? I don't know if I've seen it, uh, but I've definitely heard of it. Mm. And I feel like I've at least caught a part of it because I think they used to like run it on HBO. Like, yeah, all the time. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess he's also the creator and writer of Melrose Place and Sex in the City, and yep. uh, and Beverly Hills 90210. Like the, the guy created a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm, I went through. Mm-hmm. His he's got a uh, just a bunch of like teens and early twenty year olds running around in his imagination. Uh, and the production hopefully that's the only place where they're running around <laughs> right right i mean it's hard to talk about stuff like that in 2023 uh and uh well i mean he really should not have them running around he is uh <laughs> he's, annoyed. he's certainly not in his teens right and especially at this point and uh it was produced by orion television and entertainment uh, so uh you hell who are some of the uh, thespians who acted in front of the camera for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures? Yeah, so uh, for this pilot episode in particular, there's not a very large cast. Uh, looking through some of the other episodes, there's never a very large cast. Um, playing the parts of uh, Bill and Ted, we've got Evan Richards as Bill S. Preston Esquire. And... Uh, I just think it's yeah, funny. Are you okay? There's I just think it's funny that they bothered to put the Esquire here on the IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of funny. Um, you know, there's going to be a recurring theme with all of these actors where you don't really, are you aren't really going to know them from anywhere, and a lot of them haven't had uh, a lot of recent work. Mm-hmm. And such is the case with uh, Evan Richards um, playing the part of Ted Theodore Logan. And for those keeping track, Ted Theodore Logan is the character that was played by, uh, Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. playing. That part is Chris Kennedy, Christopher Kennedy. I, I don't want to insult the good name of CK here. <laughs> uh, again, didn't really do a lot. However, he did have a, a part in a film as recently as 2020. Um, and he did have a few bit parts here and there. He was in paycheck, which is, a shockingly fun, mo- you know, sci-fi movie with uh, Ben Affleck. I remember I that, like that one. Hmm. Yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out someday. Oh, it's actually uh, pretty good. It has kind of a cheesy ending. Mm. But um, one thing I want to point out, though, about these two guys is that uh, Evan Richards and Christopher Kennedy, these actors, they do the voice of Bill and Ted in the uh, in the cartoon you. for eight of the 21 episodes. Mm. The first 13 episodes are voiced by Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, the same guys that do the um, actual you know, movies. Mm-hmm. But then something happens such as, hey, we want money or something like that. <laughs> right. And um, they got these two guys to do the voices. So if you, I guess, watched only the cartoon, you know, it may not have been so much of a shock hearing them and seeing them playing these characters on the live action show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, we have uh, Wurzel 5. Uh I think that's Ken uh, from uh, Twitter that we've seen a lot. Um, Looks like he's a Paycheck anyways, he's fan, a pay- too. 
yeah, Paycheck was actually good and underrated. I agree. It's it's a time travel movie with uh, some fun paradoxes. Uh, I definitely don't think about the plot holes too much because they are there, but it's it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving right along with the cast, we've got uh, Kimberly Cates. Uh, I believe she was playing the mother, uh, the stepmom. I was about to say, Bill that sounds person. like a softcore porn actress's name. Well, she, she kind of looks like it, like it, uh, based on some of the work she had yes, done later on. Yes. Um, she, according to the bio, which was 100% written by her since the first sentence is, Kimberly Cates is a multi-award winning producer and actress. Ooh. You'd think she would name the awards, but no. <laughs> uh, what is it? What are the, anyways, what are the porn awards called? I don't know. <laughs> the AVN. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But interesting enough, uh, I see how she landed, and, and she's she's good in this. In yeah, this role. sure. Uh, she's you know, fine. All jokes aside, like everyone like is actually pretty good in in their roles. Yeah, yeah, I will say. But uh, I noticed that in her IMDb, the one thing that really stuck out to me is that she was in 18 episodes of Eek the Cat. There you go. Uh, so that's probably her connection with Savage Steve, and uh, but you know she she definitely holds up her end of the end of the bargain, and she fits the role. Mm-hmm. You know, she looks apart. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got Danny Breen, who's Mr. Is it Keelson? I can't remember how they yep, pronounce that's it, it, but, uh, he was most notably a writer and producer for 66 episode of whose line is it anyway? Huh? Wow. You wouldn't expect that from that guy. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's yeah, playing I mean, such he's, a square, he, but he does a good job as the square. Yeah. And, uh, in the episode that I saw, it focused on him. He gets sent to like King Arthur times. That was funny. And, yeah. uh, yeah, he's got like I, I almost wish we had covered that one because the series you can see that they definitely improved on quite a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can talk about that mm-hmm. uh, maybe at at the end. But he before he before he worked on Whose Line Is It Anyway, he was a pro- excuse me he was a producer on the nineteen ninety eight run of Whose Line Is It Anyways for two hundred six episodes. Wow! And he produced a hundred twenty two episodes of the Wayne Brady Show. <laughs> oh, good for him. So yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm the, then the other guys, we've got Don Lake, who plays Mr. Preston, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Uh, Bill oh. Esquire's father. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a guy that was... Oops, I just lost my notes on him. He was a guy that, from what I'm going off my memory now, was more of a... Um, that's not him. I think he was a writer and a producer more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on the Bonnie Hunt show. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Which had way too many episodes. Uh, he did, he did two shows involving her, and there's like over 300 episodes. And one of them was uh, like a daytime talk show. So I guess that kind of makes sense that there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. All right, almost done here. Rick Overton, we have who, unfortunately for him, he had to fill the the large shoes left by one George Carlin. Mm-hmm. He plays a part of Rufus. Um, he's still acting. He has something coming out in 2022. Uh, or I'm sorry, this year, but it's like a radio show. But he did have um, a TV series in 2021. And yeah, he's had like lots of work going on. You know, uh, he's never out of work. It's mostly, you know, small parts here and there. But yeah, he's got a few credits at least every year. And um, good for him. I, I don't think he does a bad job. No, but no, no, no. It's just hard to measure up to uh, one George Carlin. Yeah, and I will say I appreciate that he didn't try to do like a George Carlin imitation or right, impression. Right, right. Um, he tries to like channel, I guess, the personality of the character mm-hmm. of Rufus without doing like the impression. I mean, if you close um, your eyes and you're like, 
what is uh, who is Rufus? And it's like, oh, he's just a cool guy in a suit who travels time. Like, and he's doing that pretty right. good, I'd say. And in the pilot, you don't really see a lot of him, anyways. No. You do see him. You do see more of him in the second episode, yeah. uh, which is the technically the first real episode right. of the series. Anyways, and the last person I want to mention um, is Jamie Lunar. She plays Roxanne, which is the noir character mm-hmm. uh, that gets transferred here from a two-dimensional world somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uh, she's been acting steadily, somewhat. Uh, she was uh, in a movie, a TV movie, in 2021, mm-hmm. um, and she's you know had bit parts here and there, small parts here and there. She had a TV series with like ten episodes in 2015, so you know she's she's kept herself busy, and uh, I thought she did like a really good job too. She like really went for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed, I I agree with that. Um, is uh, is that it for the cast then? Yeah, the other people yeah. like the guy that played Mongo and Big Eddie, they didn't really do no. anything in this one. So no, definitely not. Fuck up, Steve. Uh, I would definitely like to comment just because. I think it uh, stood out to me. Uh, the music I thought was a uh, pretty good, done by uh, one uh, Nathan Wang, uh, formerly of uh, Eek the Cat. And I don't even think we talked about the other stuff that he worked on when we were talking about Eek the Cat. But apparently, he did the sound uh, for Bruno the Kid as well, another <laughs> cartoon huh. that we covered, um, and also. Another one that I think we should cover at some point, the Highlander anime, uh, Highlander, The Search for Vengeance. Have you ever seen that one? By any it's, a, it's an anime yeah. or like an animated series? Straight up oh, anime. I've never even heard Japanese of it. Japanese animation. It's called Highlander, the, the Search for Vengeance? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll add it to um, our list. Okay. And, uh, and of course, various porn here and there. But uh, I might have made that up. Uh, okay. So uh, I am ready to go through the episode whenever you are. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, one, one thing, though, actually, the music, I, I feel like there's not really a lot of music in this. There's, I only remember two songs, and one gets used over and over, yeah. which is like that. Dun, 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 dun. It sounds like music from like a video game, like a Sega Genesis video game. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, there's no theme song in this pilot episode. Right. I, I think maybe maybe the music for the second episode maybe stood out a bit more to me. I mean, there's like, it's usually some like blaring, like sort of rock sounding guitar. Was that in the first one as so the, well? Yeah. So the song that they have constantly playing in the background mm-hmm. in this episode is the theme song in the actual first episode right. of the series. They just It's just like a little longer version of it with like a guitar solo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was okay. I, 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 to me, it sounded like generic Sega Genesis, like platformer music. I don't know. I, I like that I mean, music. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, yeah. I, and I'm not trying to crap on Sega Genesis music mm-hmm. or whatever. You better not. Uh, cause I, I, I like it. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. It has a very distinctive sound. Right. Yeah. They just need uh, to, yeah, get a, um, like the Sega Genesis PCB and turn it into a guitar pedal and just play everything through that. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't. You don't mean that. <laughs> All right, let's do this thing. Okay, so uh, we start with a uh, exterior shot of a futuristic-looking skyscraper. We are told by the text on the screen that this is San Dimas, California, twenty-six ninety-two, and this is the Church of Bill and Ted. Uh, I mean. I find it sad that they still have to have any kind of church in 2692, but whatever. It's just a TV show. So, Well, 
but they're not really like worshiping. Yeah, any it's gods, more of a philosophy se. than anything else, as we yeah, are about to yeah. find out. And so now we are inside <laughs> that uh, that building, and um, basically uh, Rufus he tells a massive congregation that life was a bitch for Bill and Ted back in the 20th century. But thanks to them, uh, bowling scores are up, mini golf scores are down, and they have more water slides than any of the other planets that they communicate with. Um, He explains that the uh, circuits of time allowed people to travel back to ensure Bill and Ted were on the right path, and now they are a society based off the philosophies of Bill and Ted. Um, So basically the... Same premise from the movies. I don't know what were you what were you thinking so far once uh, this uh, cold open uh, happened. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I thought it was interesting that they don't really like do the explanation open for the um, TV series once it got picked up. It's just like the theme song. But you know, Bill and Ted was a big hit, mm-hmm. and this aired. This show aired after the second movie. Mm-hmm. So by then, like. You know, people know right, right. what Bill and, and Ted's is, so yeah, and you, could, you don't really have to explain and it. And you can tell they were probably trying to save as much money as possible with this because uh, while he was talking about, you know, all the stuff that's transpired, uh, we see lots of stock footage. But, uh, you know... I'm, well, yeah, because it's a huge congregation. So and I was wondering, like, what church did they... Because it, it does look like it's from a church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like a big mega church. Like what church was like, yeah, sure. You can use our footage. Oh, I'm sure any evangelical preacher was like, oh, you can have it for a price. <laughs> Steve, are you saying that they'll, they're just trying to in it for the money? These, I mean, you know, I, I just thought I would float that sort of idea to you. And, you know, you controversial. Can, yeah. <laughs> you know, just let it, uh, let it sit with you. Think about it, and then let us know in the comments if it has any weight. <laughs> well, Warsaw Five said in the comments, uh, the same church that Ed Wood got money from. <laughs> <laughs> I love an Ed Wood reference in 2023. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they they used a lot of um, stock footage just for, like, other stuff, like when they showed people bowling and the mini golf. And, I mean, you can, you can see that, you know, they're just trying to save money because they're just planning on showing this to, like, executives and money men. Exactly. And don't really plan on airing it i guess which is exactly i was just gonna say that same thing they may not have even necessarily like tried to get licenses because this wasn't really gonna air it's uh for those that don't know i i don't know if we've ever like explained what a pilot is i I think most people know but you know it's kind of like a proof of concept of your tv show Mm -hmm. or media uh you know you show it to people like steve said that you want to uh get to invest or pick up your product Mm -hmm. for mass distribution and i'm sure it wasn't too hard because bill and ted were still hot in 1992 Um, yeah you know i did read a little tidbit um that basically once the show went into production they waited be uh until the second bill and ted's movie turned a profit before they started actually airing it i guess maybe they were afraid that (sighs) People, people would be like, well, I don't need to go watch the movie. I got the show at home. I got Bill and Ted at home, baby. <laughs> right, right. Well, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this holds up to the movies, but that's a discussion for yeah. another time. <clears throat> so uh, as we move on, uh, we are now in uh, San Dimas, California, 1991. We see a suburban house in a nice neighborhood. Uh, inside the garage, Bill and Ted rock out so hard that their gear catches on fire. 
And uh, Bill's stepmom comes in with lemonade, and she's wearing a bikini for no reason. Um, she notices the toasted equipment and says, oh, but the dance is tomorrow. What are you going to do? And uh, Bill and Ted, they don't have any idea. And then Bill's dad comes in, makes out with uh, Bill's uh, stepmom. Uh, Missy is her name. And uh, then Bill and Ted try to convince Bill's dad to buy a new amp, and he tells them to get a job. My question uh, to you, Yehel, forgot to write down their names, the guys who actually uh, created and wrote the original Bill and Ted's movies, but do you think they have a stepmom fetish? Uh, they may. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't remember their name either, but I did check to see their involvement in the show, and I did see that one of the creators from Bill and Ted ends up writing the other seven episodes. Mm. Oh, well, good, good for him. But I just remember, I remember they had that same stepmom stuff in the original movie, uh, The Excellent Adventure. And just, I'm like, I could just see them there for the TV meeting. They're like, you gotta have the stepmom in now. You just gotta have her. <laughs> they saw, well, like, you know, I'm sure they're also trying to like get, you know, have some sex appeal to the show. Sure. And, sure. Uh, sure. And you, you know, mean, I, I and you get that again with, like, the noir lady later on. Um, yeah. And, you know, Bill and Ted, they're all about the women and the babes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't, like, Bill having a uh, hot stepmom, like, a plot point of the second movie? It's been a long time since I watched it, but I, but I think, like, that was, like, a thing already. I thought it was, the, it. it was the, I know it was established in the first one, I'm pretty sure. Oh, then maybe that, yeah, yeah. I, I know it was, like, in one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, we do have uh, Stadium Arts here again, a.k.a. Stry. What's up? Uh, I think he was replied to something else he wrote, oh, all good. But I know recently uh, he had an unfortunate trip to the emergency room, so glad to see you're doing a little better. I know yes, you still got thanks for out. spending your valuable time with us. <laughs> And uh, if, uh, if you go back and listen, we talk about how we're also on death's door. So you're not alone, buddy. You're not alone. <laughs> He's not on death's door. <laughs> uh, let's see. T today is like nothing ever happened. It's weird. But ah, you got it, buddy. All right. So shall we move on? All right. Here we go. Uh, yeah. All right. Bill and Ted um, are now at uh, Nail World, which is a hardware store. Um, I guess the small kind, not the huge Home Depot kind that we have nowadays. And uh, Mr. Keelson, I guess the manager slash owner, says he can only afford to hire one of them. Mr. Keelson says their chances will improve if they take his daughter to the dance. And then they argue because neither wants to take her. <laughs> and uh, then Mr. Keelson like, gets angry and kicks both of them out. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, and, and and this is like where we saw like the we talked about it earlier the globe at the store, uh, the globe of Earth, and uh, with a bunch of nails put into it like Pinhead from Hellraiser, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which is just I don't know whoever thought of that. Like I, I bet actually I bet whoever thought of that like ended up regretting it because that sounds cool until you look at the globe and you realize it's like forty or fifty nails they had to like put, put into it, eh. and they're all like symmetric, equilaterally distanced from each other. You know. Yeah, they just made some uh, set decorator do it. No big deal. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, I, but, you know, I assume that's maybe who thought of it or whatever. Whoever had to do it, I'm sure they were like, oh. Right. Eh, razzum, frazzum. <laughs> Wish I was working. And it's not it. even, like, used, like, in any way, shape, or form on the show other than it's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, it's just a fun piece of set decoration, basically. Yeah. 
So the time phone booth drops out of the sky and Rufus steps out. He tells Bill and Ted that if they don't play the school dance, then humanity will take a most heinous turn. Then he leaves and the phone and like he goes away in the phone booth and then the other phone booth drops out of the sky. And this is where empty one for Bill and Ted to use. Yeah. And this is where I was like, I don't really remember or even if they establish like what the rules of their time travel is. Um, Cause like he didn't even say he was like, Oh, I'm just going to send a phone booth to help you guys out. He was just like, Oh, you guys are the great ones. You'll figure it out. He left. And then a phone booth showed up. Like, do you remember the rules? Did they even establish them? I mean, what do you mean by the rules? The rules of their time travel. I mean, you know they can go well at least in the films they can just go back and forward in time apparently Mm -hmm. like in this episode in particular they can travel to like other planes of existence as we'll (laughs) discover uh i I didn't really have a problem with i thought it was weird that rufus gave them no instructions yeah Uh, yeah 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 other other i I guess in a way you could say he does tell them what they need to do because he says hey you need to play the dance Mm -hmm. here's a phone booth so logically you're like okay well let me use this to like you know, go to a point in time where I can get an amp or whatever. See, uh, um, Yehel, Rufus is a Christ-like character. He's allowing Bill and Ted, uh, he's helping them by allowing them to help themselves. Hmm? Well, <laughs> maybe. But the way I saw it was, you know, like, he doesn't really need to tell them what to do because he already knows, right? Rufus knows how it plays out. Right. And maybe Rufus, so I assume Rufus just knows that he doesn't. Uh, tell right. I mean, I don't do. have a problem with any of the Rufus stuff. It's just, uh, I mean, I guess it's... For the audience, it's a little weird, though. Yeah, oh, I just think it's weird. He leaves, and then phone booth shows up out of nowhere. And he wasn't even like, hey, dudes, I'll send you the phone booth to help you out. It just sort of happened. Like, it's not a big deal. I just thought it was a little weird, that's all. <laughs> so Warsaw, <laughs> let's be real, time travel never takes place in the Earth's position. Uh, and rotational speed. I think it like never takes like into account. Uh, let's go back in time. Warps into the middle of space. <laughs> yeah, you know uh, that that would be an unfortunate and quick end uh, to like any time travel media. And you know this is definitely one of those shows where it's like if you stop and think about it for a second, they choose to travel back in time. What they want to do is travel back in time to 15 minutes ago to basically just stop themselves from upsetting. Uh, the manager mm-hmm. so that they can get the job right uh, not make fun of his daughter say they'll take her to the dance get the money and get the job mm-hmm. by the amp but they could have just traveled back in time like an hour and 15 minutes and stopped themselves from destroying their amps yes you know oh yeah i mean that's i mean bill and ted they definitely <laughs> they just sort of do i mean i i don't think i think you're supposed to turn off your brain i i mean i look at bill and ted For sure is the lesser of the time travel franchise. I mean, I'll take Back to the Future over this any day of the week. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so Bill and Ted decide they were too harsh on Mr. Kielsen's daughter, decide to take the phone booth back 15 minutes to fix the situation. They get in the phone booth, and a Frisbee ruins the phone booth's antenna. Like, there's some kids, they're playing Frisbee, nearby and it hits the antenna on the phone booth ted jumps up what a poorly constructed time machine by the way just this very weekend but you know we got to get the plot moving yeah like what if they what if they went to okay so in the second episode they went to you know medieval times 
What if they like appeared in the Not middle? Not the restaurant to the <laughs> actual time period, just to be clear. What if they appeared in the middle of a battle and there's like, you know, a- uh, arrows being fired and, uh, you know, it could have completely just demolished that antenna and then they wouldn't be able to go anywhere. But uh, anyway, uh, so uh, Ted jumps up and uses a magazine to straighten up the antenna. Basically, he does a little sort of. Uh, MacGyver move, um, sort of tapes it up there, and it works. But then the phone booth takes them back to the 1940s, uh, where mobsters are threatening a woman. And then I also wrote, because uh, I didn't know exactly what was happening at this point, that for some reason it's in black and white. And I was like, are they time traveling to, like, uh, you know, movie genres <laughs> at this point? And- <laughs> I mean, in a way they do, because we end up finding out that, you know, so basically, in the be- when they first go into Nail World, the manager is reading like a 1950s, like a pulp magazine mm-hmm. uh, or a comic book. Crime uh, comic book. It's called like Crime yep. Stories. Something. Yeah, yeah. Some, mm-hmm. And it's in black and white. And when they go to this 1940s world that's in black and white, they end up like like the phone booth lands on this guy who was like going after uh, this woman who we find out her name is Roxanne Roxy, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they end up like squashing him completely flat mm-hmm. as of though he's a piece of paper. And, and like Bill even picks him up and he's like, oh, we flatten him. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is happening? This is so cartoonish. Oh, it right. It was very like uh, who framed Roger Rabbit kind yeah, of. Yeah, it really was. And then it gets even uh, weirder. I mean, if you don't know what's going on, because uh, they, uh, the lady uh, Roxanne introduces herself and thanks uh, Bill and Ted and I guess uh, another mobster shows up and they load her into the phone booth because, you know, that's the smart thing to do. Um, I love how just Bill and Ted, they just don't, they don't care at all about disrupting the time stream. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I mean, but, but I guess like if, if I was Bill and Ted, I would assume that everything I do, no matter what I do, is what's supposed to happen to make, you know, this utopian future anyway. So like, you almost like don't even have to have a care because right. you know you're gonna like make it. You know you're gonna be fine no matter what, right? You you've got like the futurist plot armor basically. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then I mean, how do we even have like shows and adventures here? <laughs> exactly, and you know I don't know. Maybe it's because maybe it's because I just watched uh, a few weeks ago. Finished watching Dark on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched. I've that. seen a few Abby. episodes. Yeah. Uh, and you stopped? I I can't remember why I did, but uh, maybe, it, you know what? It might have been like, like, when I found out that time travel was involved, because I really don't like time travel. Steve, you should actually watch it. I think it'll, it, it's very different than any other time travel uh, show I've seen. In fact, it's about, it, it, I'd have to spoil it for you, but just. Um, all right, all right. G- give, it a, give, it a, give it another shot. It gets really, really good. It's hmm. the time travel mechanics. Once they're finally explained, mm-hmm. it makes it works in a way where you're like, okay, yeah, they're traveling through. I can't talk about any of it <laughs> without giving stuff away. Just watch it. You'll, you, I think you'll really appreciate the attention to detail mm-hmm. and uh, and writing. Okay. You watch it all. all right, I, I will put the gun down. Okay. Okay. Uh, fine. So uh, Put the phone booth down. Yeah. <laughs> so they load her into the phone booth and they return to the present. Uh, they land in Bill's backyard, um, and Roxanne is still black and white. And then she's the, this really threw me off. And I, 
she's impressed that she can see in 3D, basically. She's like, I was never able to see my backside and my front sides before, but now I can. <laughs> like, and it's so uh, kind of confusing at first if you don't know what's going on. I'm just like, why? Like, so she's from a 2D movie is like is what I was thinking in my brain. But then we get our explanation here uh, in, in a minute. What did you think when she came out? talking about that so like when she said that that's when i started to realize oh like she might be from that comic or whatever so like this is when i like kind of picked up on it but i was very confused (laughs) uh i I thought it was like a movie thing as well right right so because the thing is like it's not like they made her and obviously they couldn't really do it because of you know the budget constraints and the time period of the show but if they had made her look cell shaded or animated, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like like more like a drawing or whatever, then you would have picked up on it probably like right away. I think I would have. Right, right, definitely. And when I saw this, uh, like the thumbnail for this episode, where they're kind of both standing to either side of Roxanne, like in the low res like picture, I was like, are they hanging out with She Hulk? Like I didn't really know what was going on, but uh, oh yeah, she does kind of look like her a little bit. Yeah, uh, the Disney. Uh, show yep yep so steve the black and white effect to make her look black and white uh i think the way they well how do you think they did it oh just body paint yeah that's what i'm thinking too yeah the cheapest way possible (laughs) yeah yeah because i was like there's no because at first i was like wow they wrote i thought she was going to turn to color when she like stepped outside the booth or Uh something and i'm like i'm like okay so i guess they just like rotoscoped her or maybe like Mm -hmm you know, rotoscope them so they could green screen her in behind them while in the booth. And I'm like, wow, it's really well done. Oh, this is 1992, man. There's no way they're going to... No, you could do it. Yeah, you could do, oh, it's you could possible, do it, but, sure. But it would have taken a long time. Right. But, I'm, but I was thinking, oh, it's just for this, like, five seconds that they're in the booth. Right. And then I'm like, when she steps out of it and I see, like, all the shadows, like, like she's obviously, like, in the environment with them. I'm like, oh, my God, they just painted her. But they did a really good job with the paint. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, like. Right. I mean, I would say, yeah, they definitely went with the paint because they're, you know, I don't think Savage Steve and the rest of the producers are like, oh, we're going to win over the investors with, uh, you know, special effects. They're just sort of riding the Bill and Ted hype train and, uh, you know, just making the, you know, trying to get by with their pilot episode. Well, the special effects, though, like I do think the special effects are are very good for. Yeah, it's on par with the Uh, uh, the movies, uh, I would say. I suspect they use some uh, clips oh. from the movie when they show like the uh, the thing like traveling mm-hmm. through time, but like the stuff where like it like lands in the you know environment that's for the TV show looks good. Um, and I was actually I read a review from the era of the mm-hmm. show, and basically they were like uh, the show's not good, but the special effects are great. That's <laughs> <laughs> what the review basically said. Yeah, yeah, it's, I I can partially agree with that, possibly, but uh, we'll see. So, um, okay, so, all right, Bill tells Roxanne, and this is funny, because I just love how Bill and Ted put, like, their minuscule problems ahead of any kind of, like, universe or time stream altering problem that they may encounter. He tell, They tell Roxanne that they will help her, but right now they got to go get this job. Uh, and so... Well, in all fairness, Steve, they do need to do this to save the universe, the entire future. Right, right, right. It's it's true. So there's the go. But also, they could just get back in the phone booth and 
still travel to the period of time that they wanted to travel. I know. There's no reason for them not to take the phone booth. Yeah, 100%. And there's... um. Yeah, they, they really they really sh are one thing that I do think like they're missing is like having some kind of limits to the time travel. Like they can only time travel like X amount of times per hour or per day because it takes it has to recharge or some just something so that they can't just use it like. Willy yeah, I mean, and that's uh, I mean, we'll get into it more later, uh, but uh I mean, everything always works out for Bill and Ted and there's like very few rules. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. I did think what one funny thing that they said was when they were like uh, about to get in the phone booth to the first time to go back 15 minutes. They were talking about how they were too harsh uh, about Bernadette, right. the, the manager's uh, mm -hmm. daughter, and that they should be nicer. And uh, Bill says, yeah, because, you know, beauty's only skin deep. And then Ted replies, and she's got plenty of skin <laughs> to, <laughs> to go around. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that did make me laugh out loud. Like, wow, what a way to call her mm -hmm. overweight. Without actually doing it. Uh, that's the clever yeah. writing here on... Uh, you can thank Savage. I mean, I thought it was Yeah, funny. no, it was funny. It was. All right, so now they are back in the hardware store. Bill and Ted say that they love Mr. Keelson's daughter. Then they pretend to fight over her. And uh, he says that they can um, both um, take her to the prom or the dance or whatever it is. And if they, he's like, if they start working tonight, he'll front them the money for the amp, like right now. And so, uh, of course, they agree with that. And then uh, Ted grabs uh, the aforementioned uh, crime comic book or a crime magazine, whatever you want to call it. And Roxanne is on the cover. And then they realize that they were inside the comic book and that they brought Roxanne into the real world. And I'll say, yeah. since I'm a uh, giant nerd who loves comics, that finding this bit of information out made me like this a lot better. <laughs> I had a feeling this gave you a uh, Savage Steve... Uh erection uh <laughs> i'm like oh between it being like a noir set thing and like a comic book but uh yeah it's it, and it's it's kind of a neat idea right like they start thumbing through the comic book and they see that like she's not in any of the other pages like she did she's gone from the rest of the book so like they're like oh crap we have to get her back to mm -hmm. her comic it, yeah book it's form. very uh sort of i don't know cool world and uh the music video for take on me <laughs> <laughs> it is it is uh anyway uh what was the name of the uh the band that sings take on me uh -huh. ah, aha you got it all right moving on all right so roxanne and bill step bomb tan in the backyard because you know it's the 90s and you gotta have that sex appeal um and yeah, and I do want to point out, we're self five in the chat. Also, got that it was aha. They all right, good job. Glad to see you fellows are paying attention. Um, so <laughs> and then Stry Stadium Art said, You guys are way older than me. Uh, go to yeah. hell, <laughs> just forget the well wishes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in a few now. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Roxanne and Bill's stepmom tan in the backyard, Bill and Ted enter. And uh, Missy, that's Bill's stepmom, um, says that Roxanne needs time to heal away from her boyfriend being blown away. Uh, the idea is that um, 
Uh, Roxanne and Missy have been, I guess, having girl talk. I guess Missy doesn't have any problem with the fact that just some random lady is hanging out in her backyard. And she's like, oh, look, a friend. Let's talk. Let's tan and uh, rub lotion all over each other. Um, and uh, then they, Bill and Ted read a bit more of the comic. And they see that uh, Roxanne's aforementioned boyfriend isn't dead because he was wearing a bulletproof vest. And I guess they get the idea that they need to, um, you know, reunite them, like get her back in the comic with her man. Um, Because they also say that if they don't get her back, then the boyfriend will be gone and Roxy will be gone forever. Isn't that what they say? Something along those lines? Something like that. It's very unclear. And that's uh, almost kind of back to the future-ish, if you will, but only like half-baked or quarter-baked back to the future plot point. Um, So anyway, they return to the backyard to like get Roxanne, but Missy and Roxanne are gone. Uh, Oh, I forgot to mention there's another sort of um, erotic stepmom moment where Missy makes... uh, bill rub lotion on her uh on her glutes basically i mean it's not really and they say like the they call it the back of her thighs but he very clearly goes to rub her ass (laughs) yes they do yes they do um so uh yeah missy is uh so cut to missy is saying goodbye to roxanne Uh, they are next to a yellow cab and then she gets into a cab and it drives away just as Bill and Ted arrive. Missy tells Bill and Ted that Roxy has taken all her money and gone off to see the world because that's like the perfect cure for like a bad boyfriend or a bad breakup. Or Yeah, she says like that's what you do when you have a heartbreak. You go and you see the world. And uh, yeah, I guess we should, we forgot to mention uh, that Roxy has like a briefcase of money apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That did slip my mind. Huh. Oh, yeah. Thanks for mentioning that. And uh, this was kind of a downer. (laughs) That is the end of the episode. And I looked to see if the next episode was like uh, part two. It is not. Apparently, a part two uh, was never filmed. And uh, I actually started watching. We we talked about the episode that's after this. Um, You hell watched a bit of it and so did I. And I I watched the whole thing. Okay, well, I just watched a bit. Excuse me. (laughs) Like a. Oh, I just want to establish uh, my my expertise. I am the SME on this show <laughs> here. Subject matter expert. SME? You never the heard of The guy from Hook? Peter Pan? No, SME, SME. That's like a that's like a term in the corporate world. Subject matter expert. Oh, well, I mean As you know, Steve, I, I work for the corporate side of the company I work for. I'm part you're of the, the man is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I, yes. I, I get you. I'm surprised they even allow you to do such an upstart of a podcast as this. Oh, Steve, once once you make it into corporate, you can do any. <laughs> there are no rules. For yeah, me, that's Steve. what Harvey Weinstein said. When are you going to Epstein's Island? I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh. <laughs> oh, you've already been. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah. OK, so basically I started watching the second one and I and I was like, this, uh, I didn't think it was as, uh, as good as the first one. I don't know. Like, um, yeah, really? I mean, it, how far did you get um, into it? I though? would say I, I clicked, I got about halfway and then I kind of clicked around. Like I saw where Mr. Kielsen like ended up having sex with Queen Guinevere, which is. He doesn't. He, he's, he's always about to, but he never. Oh, gets see, it. all right. That's kind of a funny thing. And. 
I don't know. I like the uh, I like the energy of the first one better because it's clear that they didn't plan anything out or like bother to even have a decent script, so they were just sort of going with everything. Um, that's that's interesting because uh, and I do want to put out in the chat. Uh, you were not alone, Steve, because Stry also said that uh, thought I was talking about Hook. Uh, when I said Smee. See, me and Stry, uh, we oh, are and- men of the people. We're not like a, uh, I see. you know, plantation owner like you. <laughs> I don't know why. That... What is in your margarita? What is going on? Steve? I already finished it. I'll have you know. Um, I, I well, that's you finished that pretty quickly. Uh, and then Warcell Five. I guess he said he was known as me for a bit when he worked at Verizon back in the day. But um, I actually see. I actually thought the second episode, or which is. Technically, episode right. one of the series was way better in terms of the way the characters of Bill and Ted are presented. Um, they they get the hair right mm-hmm. number one in the in the. <laughs> That's the most important thing because, well, Bill's hair is like too dark in the first mm-hmm. episode in the pilot episode, excuse me, and Ted's hair is like completely different style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they fix right. that, yep. and I. I actually felt that like their impressions, I thought they had more energy in the in the second one. And I thought it was just like better written. Like I like there was some really funny stuff. It was. But all right, here, I think like, the reason why I liked the first one better is because it was uh cuz the the second one is basically Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure because they went back to medieval times, not the restaurant in the first movie, right? So yeah, they go to the to the. Yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. more yeah, of the so. same for me, and I mean, I don't really want more of the same. I want something wacky and off the walls, like accidentally going into a know. noir comic was, book. I thought this was pretty wacky though, because basically it's like the manager. I, I just to give a quick recap, the manager, um, what's his name again, Mister Kielson. He and and he's like a very nerdy looking yeah, guy. He's, he's definitely the guy stuff. you don't he, want to be your manager. <laughs> Right. He ends up like accidentally going back in time to uh, King Arthur and the round table mm-hmm. time. And a guy pulls out the Excalibur out of the stone mm-hmm. and just hands right it to him for Mr. no reason. Kilson shows up. <laughs> well, he thinks like someone's is coming to get him or attack. Him. He hands it to him. Yeah, it's kind of Why weird. not use the anyways, sword K- to defeat the guy who's coming for you? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. But Kilson ends up with the sword. So like everybody thinks he's King mm-hmm. Arthur, uh, the legend that's been foretold, blah, 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 blah. And. He, and Mr. Kielsen the whole time thinks he's having like a dream because of all the anxiety he has. He thinks he's having like a bad mm-hmm. dream. But uh, I thought like there was like a real and, you know, Bill and Ted like, you know, have to go back and get him and bring him back to like current times. But um, and there's like a subplot about them, like trying to get credit for something. <laughs> but uh, anyways, did you get to the part where Guinevere uh, goes to free the real King Arthur that's been like captured as a and he's down in the no. dungeon? So Guinevere gets one of the, the the guards to like take her down to like where they uh, you know keep the uh, the prisoners and down there is the King Arthur guy who's made friends with Bill and Ted and Sore Bill mm-hmm. and Ted so all three of them are down there so she gets down there with the guard and she and she's he's like oh they're right this way you know here's the keys and she goes thank you so much now go kill yourself for betraying the oh. king <laughs> and he goes yes ma'am. <laughs> just cracked me up. Wow! And then from that moment, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm. Well, that sold. took a dark turn. 
Yeah, and it was just so it was like very like almost like Monty yeah, Python. A, a goth guy like you would really be into something like that. <laughs> but uh yeah. Uh anyways, should we uh actually before we render the verdict, what do you think about the Bill and Ted, like the actors, the fake we'll call them the the fake mm-hmm. Bill and Ted. Uh Bill and Ted two. What do you think about their performance versus the original Keanu and uh uh, I mean, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I I pretty yeah. much find Bill and Ted pretty annoying overall. Um, and I feel like it's an impression that pretty much anyone could pull off. Uh, and I mean, it's just really about matching the energy, really. And I think uh, these guys did a really good job. And uh, I kept thinking about... Um, the weird science TV show when I was watching this the whole time, because, you know, you had a couple of unknowns who were coming in to take the place to two for two previously established, you know, feature film uh, actors. But of course, like I think weird science was uh, the TV show was way after the weird science feature film. So probably no one cared, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think, I think they're great. I think the, the voices are on like, uh, yeah, I think, uh, how about you? Yeah, I thought like they do a pretty good job matching the energy, the mannerisms. Um, you know, the, the, like you said, the voices and stuff, it's not like exactly hard to mm-hmm. do, right? Uh, the, I, I think what brings down their performances is like maybe they don't have, and I don't think they have bad performances, but like they don't maybe have quite the chemistry that Keanu that. and Alex Winters have. Yep. Um, and they don't have the chemistry that uh, with this Rufus that you know Keanu and Alex had with George Carlin right. there's a little bit of a I don't want to say magic but you know there's that it <laughs> it's true you know it's true where like they're greater than the sum of their parts mm-hmm. uh, when the original three are together um, and these three do a fine job mm-hmm. but you know compare them to the original they're definitely just a, a couple notches below. right I think if like the show would have uh, stuck around that chemistry probably would have yeah. happened um, I and maybe in later episodes, you know, as the series goes, maybe it develops. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I do want to catch up here with the, with the chat sure, a little bit. Sure, let's do it. Um, S- S- Stry accused me of uh, have wearing eyeshadow and black painted nails in, <laughs> in high school and socks. High school? Uh, How about two days ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- th- that's more like recent me. I'm having my, my goth phase now in my 40s. Mm. Um but uh, Sadie Martz also said, when you brought up the stepmom fetish, weird science TV show reminded me of that. And I actually meant to make that same comment earlier where like a lot of these 90s shows, there's a lot of them where it's like it involves two guys and there's like a reoccurring hot girl character. Right, right, you know, right. Kind of a thing. Uh, so it's a bit of a trope for, for the mm-hmm. time. But uh, Yeah, you're not allowed to make shows anyways, like that re- anymore. Whatever, there's like hot women and hot guys like all the time, like on, on these shows. What are you talking about, Steve? You, you just don't know where to look because you're an old man. Now, <laughs> you're older than me. <laughs> I know, Steve, but I don't have a kid and I'm oh, still hanging God. out with the kids. He makes me so younger. I'm still out. <laughs> he makes me in touch with I'm today's youth. No, no, no. Steve, you, you're out there in the playground. I'm out there in the streets. Oh, my Steve. God. Breaking. <laughs> you're out there. Break dancing and listening to like a giant boombox. You don't see, you don't look what you just did. Breaking, you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> oh, <Steve>. sorry, popping, <laughs> popping and locking. That's not no. Well, Steve. then what's it called today? What you, you just you just don't get it, Steve. No cat, <laughs> you just don't get it. Are you ready to render the verdict or what? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, <laughs> let's do this thing. Okay. 
All right, then. Um, Half Moon Darkness Yehel Velasquez. That's your goth name. Unicorn. I'll throw a unicorn in there, too. Um, All right. That, that wouldn't be used. Do you, th- sure. <laughs> do you think <laughs> that uh, Bill and Ted's ex- excellent adventures should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again. You know, if I had only watched the first episode, I would have really, the pilot episode, I would have been really on the fence mm-hmm. uh, going by the unaired pilot episode. But since I watched both that and the first episode, I'm actually going to, and I would have been leaning towards, you know, that it should be forgotten. But I'm going to actually say it should be remembered Um more so if you're like a fan of the Bill and Ted's franchise, I think you'll find some enjoyment. Um, the episodes, you know, thankfully because they're short, uh, they don't really overstay their welcome. And sometimes there's some like genuinely like funny, like stupid funny stuff. Like, you know, the kind of joke you might see in Airplane or like the Naked <laughs> Gun. You're just like really dumb off the wall mm-hmm. joke. Uh, so, and I'm into that. So I'm, I'm going to go with Remembered actually. Yeah, I was uh, definitely on the fence. I could see that uh, if you're really into the Bill and Ted franchise, which I'm definitely not. Um, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just kind of whatever. Uh, I think this would be a good little, and if you haven't seen this, this is a good little sort of uh, revisit back to the Bill and Ted universe. Um, I think it's on par with the movies or like you said before maybe a couple steps below i mean especially for a 90s show it does a a good job of sort of recapturing the the tone and the comedy um yeah. of uh of a bill and ted um movie and uh i don't know i really would have liked to have seen an ending to the uh to the unaired pilot um but uh, i get i do feel like maybe i'm sorry go ahead go ahead and finish no it's yeah. okay go ahead jump in there I do feel like this is a little bit like a script or maybe scripts that were like maybe intended or storyboarded for the cartoon. And then they just kind of tried to uh, adult them up huh. a little bit, you know, to like skew I didn't a little think older. About that. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, so with all that being said, I mean, even though I don't particularly love it, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. So yeah, sure. We're going to go ahead and save it here. What a raving review. <laughs> oh, uh, should we stalemate it? You, you want to stalemate it? Hmm? No, Steve, I want you to do whatever you think is right, Steve. <laughs> like Much like Rufus, I'm not here to influence. Oh, you're here to um, help me by allowing me to help myself? Yes. All right, well, even though they don't have any rules for their bullshit time traveling, let's, <laughs> let's uh, go ahead and remember... In accordance to Obscure to Now, the most important streaming YouTube podcast in all of the internet, you shall be remembered. Yes. Good show. Good, good show. Oh. So, Steve, I uh, it's funny that you keep mentioning to me, uh, keep talking about how like there's no rules to their time. And there really isn't any rules. So time travel. And that was like one thing that did irk me. Like, why are they able to go into like an alternate plane of existence? Like, that was weird. Maybe it was going to get explained 
later on because it seems like there was a plan to like follow up and then like a lot of pilots things change you know the network wants x changes made when the show gets i imagine up, the but, network uh, was like oh we don't want this like weird sort of like cool world like comic book stuff we want stuff that's more like what happened in the movies uh so hence- <laughs> like war cell five wrote multiverse the answer is always multiverse <laughs> uh even back then but um yeah i i I will say though like had you because it sounds like you only watched a few episodes of dark um they have a lot like very like strict rules for their time Mm -hmm. travel and the show never deviates from Mm -hmm. them so like everything happens exactly as like they set up but um i'm telling you steve watch like at least like the first season if you're not into it by the end of like the first season and a half, which I'd be shocked if by the end of the season one you're not into it, uh, you should really go back. I think uh, you, you'd be into it because it doesn't like play fast and loose with the rules. It doesn't like throw a curveball and just go, oh, it's fine because of time right, travel. Right, right, right. They don't Disney it up. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, what does that even mean, Steve? What is this obsession with Disney? Every show you almost It's not an obsession. It's a hatred. Without complaining about it's Disney. It's a vendetta. You they destroyed the Marvel Universe, the thing that I loved did. and gave a lot of money to from the years of 1991 all the way to like 20 uh, I mean I I still buy Marvel comics occasionally. But look, look what you did. All right, look, I do have one last Bill and Ted question <laughs> for you. And that is why do you, all right, you know that guy who directs all those porn parodies? Why do you think he hasn't made a Bill and Ted porn parody yet? <laughs> no, I don't know that guy. Come on, come on. <laughs> I just said it so casually. <laughs> he makes all those superhero uh, porn parody movies. Yeah, I mean, I know that they exist. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, I guess there really isn't like a, is there even like any kind of Bill and Ted parody movie? Like, I mean, it's kind of a parody of itself. At all? So. Oh, yeah, because I they, I don't know why they can't isn't... find a phone booth to have sex in. Is that what you're saying, Ken? Oh, mate. Well, the the cost of renting a, a phone booth, especially these days, is a prop. You know, that, that may be like a it, it may be cost. Back in the 70s, when they didn't care about things like hygiene, they just went out to an actual phone booth and just filmed the scene right well, there. Oh, that possibly. <laughs> or I'm sure it was a lot easier to find like phone boots that were like no longer working mm-hmm. that you could just like you could slap one together boot. with cardboard and duct tape well steve i don't think that that'll hold up under the 4k resolutions <laughs> of today's porn industry yeah you're right the uh, bill and ted stands uh, they want an actual phone booth they're not going to be satisfied with yeah. just some cardboard cookie cutter exactly yeah. like for example they wouldn't take a rufus with a full head of long hair he needs to be partially balding <laughs> Right, right. Absolutely. Gotta be accurate. You're, you're absolutely. Oh boy. Well, I, as Warsaw Five wrote in the chat, I demand authenticity. <laughs> well, we need to write a letter to uh, you know Doctor Porn Parody and uh, demand. Is that is that really his no, name? No, no. He's got a real name, but oh. uh, but yes. All right, listeners. Well, presumably you need to write a letter to the porn industry and demand your Bill and Ted porn parody. Yeah. That's right, everybody. Just on the envelope, just write to porn industry, and the mailman will know exactly. Uh, it's just like sending a letter to Santa Claus. It, it, it'll get to the right pole. Bill and Ted's Sexcellent Adventures. Oh, damn, that's good. Oh. That's so good. Wow. Wow, that's... Oh, you, you're man, back, Stry. Should... You're back, baby, and you're better than ever. <laughs> maybe we should get a Kickstarter going, just the name alone. Okay, anyway. 
Or at least make a t-shirt of it. I don't know. Uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah. thank you, live chat, for joining us. And um, anyone who listened or watched, uh, why don't you let us know what you think about Bill and Ted's <laughs> excellent adventures and uh, Kickstarter? <laughs> Yeah, or sell five in the chat for those just listening and wrote in the chat, Kinkstarter. Oh, that's good. Kink. Man, how could they not have made one of those yet? It's like, do you have an idea for a porn that's too much for the porn industry? Well, you, too expensive. you can raise money on Kinkstarter. Uh, yeah, speaking of kick... You know, Stry, it's, it sounds to me like Stry and Warsell 5 should get together, get a, get a business plan yeah. going. Uh, I think you guys, you guys got the juice in more ways than one. You could be like the savage Steve Holland of porn. Uh, yeah. And uh, whoever oh, else. We, we need to end the show before we get uh, taken off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember, we're, we're podcast first. So if that ever happened. You guys make sure you go to wherever you get podcasts and download uh, Obscurity Now. Wherever you get porn. <laughs> yeah, wherever you get porn, Obscurity Now is not far behind. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next Sunday where we will be talking about the officially licensed NFL superhero known as Super Pro and his first issue. Um, I mean, so if you don't care about the Super Bowl, you should come spend it with us because we don't care about it. So we're going to make fun of their lame superhero that, that, that Marvel created for them in the 90s. Uh, anything else to add before we sign off here, uh, Yehel? Uh, no, uh, I, I think I'm good. Thanks for everybody that hung out in the chat. We're Cell 5 and uh, Stryak Stadium mm -hmm. Arts. And uh, yeah, if you only listen, uh, we are live at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific every Sunday. Most Sundays, like 99% of Sundays. And uh, yeah, you can join in the chat and... Uh, Hang out with give us, us ideas and, for uh, porn you know, names and yeah, give us all your great adult Help, ideas. Uh... And you you can network within the adult <laughs> industry in our live chat. <laughs> You can help uh, Yehel with his uh, goth styling tips. Um, yeah, all, all kinds of crap. But uh, okay, that's gonna do it for this episode of Obscurity. Now we will see you next Sunday as we continue to unearth even more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. See you next Sunday. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity, Obscurity Now. Now.